previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. I want to give a shout out to Chuck and Simon and Ritz. Okay. Um, I've listened to all the podcasts since day one. Uh-huh. And in the beginning, I thought Chuck and Chuck were a couple. And Roxy was the reliable, straight friend. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Roxy, one year. One freaking year. It took us one year, and we finally got the Fab Five together. All so- together. Woohoo! Oh, we're going to be like the Beatles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like the Beatles, but with one extra member. Love it. <laughs> Holy cow, guys. I can't thank you enough. I know you all have busy schedules. We were all on the run. Yeah. Simon's like getting tested so he can go on a cruise ship tomorrow. Ritz, I don't know. You're probably working. Chuck, you're answering phones. We can't. We just appreciate you all. We're so glad we're all here together for our one year anniversary episode. Bash. Unbelievable. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, you guys, we're going to jump all around. We've got tons of emails, but we're going to start with a correction. So, Roxy, I'll take some heat for this, but this was more your thing, I believe. Okay. We got many emails. We'll read them all. But it started, I believe, please correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Chris Davenport was the first one to chime in, and he said, Reebok, not Air Jordans. Come on, man. What are we even doing out here, man? Yeah, that's my and, fault. And, and Oz <laughs> yeah, I love that line. supported yeah, it, right? He Oz said, the Great and Flavorful. I was thinking that, too, the Reebok pump. Didn't Charles Barkley endorse them? Now that I don't, I have no idea. I'm not even going to. You're probably right. You all are much more knowledgeable than I am. (laughs) But I'm not going to uh, say anything because we'll get more emails. And then James Uh. Cunningham, Chuck and Roxy. I hate to be that guy, but do you, James? Do you? (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't get, I mean, Bobby and Claire have no problem. Anyway, I hate to be that guy. But during your interview with Sandra Rohde, you guys were discussing the Jordan brand basketball shoes. Someone said that they had a pair that pumped. That was me. Unfortunately, yeah, but I backed you up. (laughs) Unfortunately, someone got their 90s basketball shoes mixed up. Jordan's never had the pump. The shoes who had the pumps were Reeboks. I always go back to D. Brown pumping up his Reeboks before his dunk in the 91 Slam Dunk Championship. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, Chuck, I kind of want you to read this because we get these great texts from you guys. It's actually you and Chuck mostly when you're not on. You send us these random texts. So, Chuck, I'll let you expand upon this, but Roxy's going to read it quick. Yep. Chuck says, one stick of butter left on the counter at room temp in a butter dish with a cover. Rest in the fridge. What are we even doing here? Yeah, we didn't get your take on it, Chuck, about the butter situation. So that's what you guys do, huh? Well, I don't understand the freezer thing. What's the point of putting it in the freezer? Well, just in case. It goes bad. It it won't go bad like after three months in the refrigerator? No? Really? No. Doesn't it have an expiration? Expire. It doesn't expire. Butter doesn't expire. It must expire. It's a dairy, isn't it? I don't it? think there's an expiration date on the butter. Really? Now, you leave it out in the sun or something, but in the fridge. Well. I don't know. And huh. then how do you spread it? Well, no, like no. You, you don't take it out of the freezer cake. and just spread it. No. You take it out of the freezer. You put it in the, you put it in the fridge thaw. to thaw out a little bit. Yeah. And then sometimes, Chuck, as I said, if you would listen to the podcast, Chuck, I did say sometimes I will take it out of the fridge ahead of time if I know I'm going to be like using it to oh spread it in butter. Ahead of time. <laughs> just keep it. You know, they made these things like, what, 100 years ago that you put the butter in the butter dish and you leave it on the counter. It isn't going to melt and run all over the place. <laughs> and then you have a nice 
pat of butter whenever you're ready to cook, whenever you're ready to butter your bread or your toast or whatever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know what I'm getting you for your wedding gift. That's <laughs> A butter dish. Chuck, a butter dish. We have a butter dish. Yeah. We keep it in the fridge. Yeah. We have a butter dish. Oh, my God. Chuck, do you put your toilet paper under? under you account. do, don't you? I don't know anything about that. That's All right. a wise job. All right. <laughs> then we heard from Bobby Gottfried, Dear Chuck and Roxy, first of all, great seeing you both on Saturday. I love how he starts with that because you know it's going to go bad in yeah. a second. Yeah, yeah. I had a blast. It's okay. no secret what brought me to New York. I was there to see the Dave Matthews Band at the Garden. Wait. Did we call it the garden? Isn't that? Yeah, the garden. What's what's the one in Boston? What was that called? That's the, the garden. Yeah, the Boston garden. garden. Boston Garden. We can't have two gardens. Why not? So he's got to say, I don't know. Oh, Littles, weigh in on this. Seriously, I'm bringing up a whole new topic. Oh, boy. Can you say the garden for New York? Yes. Madison Square Garden. The garden. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I always I thought, I'm sorry, if you just say the garden, I always thought, no, I'm not, I'm not biased because I'm not a big Celtics fan, but I always knew that as the Boston Celtics where they played. The garden. The garden. The garden. Anyway, okay. okay, that's the, the difference. The garden versus the garden. Oh, okay. There All right. I just, okay. <laughs> one has an H, one has an R. Okay, got it. And I didn't even miss the opener. A New Orleans band called, oh, what are you doing to me, Bobby? Dumpsta Punk. Dump, dumpsta Punk. Oh, okay. Dumpsta Punk. You got to just say it fast yeah. and just go quick. <laughs> I got there in time to catch a few great songs, Ooh. including a wonderful cover of Zeppelin's Ramble On. Nice. Now, on to my notes from the podcast. Oh, boy. On Saturday's episode, you mentioned the top teams in the Fantasy League. One in Uncle Benny's Fantasy League you referred to as Patrick Moffitt's. While his name is on the team as a co-owner, that team, Gottfried Football Club, is in fact mine. <laughs> Patrick was there as a placeholder until I took it over last season. Our apologies. I did not even so see that. Sorry. I just saw the name <laughs> on the account. I don't even remember what place you're in, but you're in the top three. I know that. You might even be in the lead. I don't know. All right. And then he also goes into about Tuesday's pod. He also reaffirms, Roxy, sorry, you were wrong about mixing up the Air Jordans. Of course. So, and he's like, that's all. <laughs> and I love how it goes there. That's all I've got for this week. Best, Bobby. So thanks, Bobby, for that try and do better the next week all right and then last well not lastly almost <laughs> lastly we heard from jenny robbins and this one was fun because i don't think roxy has any idea who she's talking about all right jenny robbins says greg dobbs has the best mush mouth impersonation ever he sure does now ritz do you know who we're talking about yeah well mush or mush mush mouth mush mouth now, what would you say Bill Cosby and the Cosby Kid? No, no, Fat Albert. Hey, Fat hey, Albert, hey. yeah. Okay, all right. I, well, you know, I do remember there was like two different titles for that show, I think. Yeah. No, the but but be putting, I can't even oh, try yeah, to do yeah. it. He putting puts the all the B's in. So, and I'll throw in on that because if you remember, and I think we talked about the kids show Zoom a few weeks ago mm -hmm. with Rita Moreno and yeah. um, Morgan Freeman, but they did a thing called ubby dubby language, which was the same thing, putting the ub in every word. Oh. oh, okay. Did not know that. And then finally, now I made a reference to this. I, I can't remember when I did it, but I said something about, I think it was last show. I said, oh, we have a butt-free show. <laughs> Meaning we didn't get an email from Edbot or a text or right, anything like right. we normally do. And he's- He made up for he it. He made up for it. Okay, Big so time. I think we are going to officially insert the segment, Littles. If your email didn't get read on the big show, send it to us. We'll read it. We'll read it. Okay. <laughs> so he writes in, actually. I have, quote, hundreds of emails for you that haven't been read on the big show. Just say the word. Okay. 
Now, we didn't say a word. <laughs> Within, I'd say, a half hour, we probably got at least 10 to 15 emails. I love it. That have not been read on the show. So we're going to start here. And this is one that you it's kind of a picture. You kind of need to see it. Now, I'm going to talk about the picture in a second. But it's basically an odometer picture. And it's got all sevens. It's the overall mileage is 77,777. The current miles, you know how you can reset that on your dashboard? Mm -hmm. It's 777.7, blah, blah, blah. So he says, Mr. Tony, knowing your obsession with numbers and number sequences, I've attached a photo of my dashboard. I cannot with a straight face tell you that this was an organic event I just happened to notice and photograph. On the contrary, it took a fair amount of forethought and planning. But as someone who chose to be married on Mickey Mantle's birthday, so I would never forget my anniversary, seeing all these sevens <laughs> was worth the effort. My next seven-related odometer event is in another 700,000 miles away. I am confident that my Subaru will make it. I am equally confident I will not. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ed Butt, 72. Now, I don't, I don't know when he wrote this because uh, I, I don't know his age. But my main concern with this whole thing, Ed, okay, is that... It also has on the dashboard at this moment that you're taking this picture, 77 miles an hour. Oh. Now that's impressive. Right? Okay. So he is literally driving 77 miles an hour. Taking a picture. I mean, I'm hoping someone that was sitting next to him took this picture, but I'm sorry. That's that funny. gets this. I mean, bravo, sir. And how this was not read on the big show, I don't know, but my gosh. So well played. Unbelievable. Right? Wow. <laughs> and we also know his anniversary now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. October 20th, for the record. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's just amazing. So I think we might, I don't know if it'll become Ed Butt Corner. Maybe <laughs> we have to find a good name for it because he sent in like 15. So Littles, if you want, start sending some of those in. Now, remember, sometimes it takes, because full disclosure, we also got one from Tony Beeson, but it was one he sent last week. Yeah. And so I said to him, I said, maybe we should hold off because mm -hmm. you never know. Right. Because sometimes it takes a week or two because of what's going on nowadays for them to get it onto the show. So right. if it's something though that you sent like years ago or something and you still happen to have it. Yeah. Like Ed had like 15 at least. I mean, here's the thing. We may not be able to get to every Oh yeah. I mean, one. but we'll, we'll pick out a few. We'll Send do, them in. We'll do our best. It could be a fun segment, you <laughs> yeah. know, because some of these I think would really, I mean, now in one specific Facebook group, they don't want to hear that. That's right. that's worse than a Uranus But joke. we want to hear but it. But we want to hear it. So, all right. Well, let's get out of here again. Thank you for all being here on this special one year anniversary. This was amazing, Roxy. Yeah. This was off the cuff. Yep. I heard something on the big show last week. Uh -huh. I jumped on it, got an email written out, tweeted at this person. They said they'd be happy to come on yep. our podcast. We are so grateful. You are not going to want to miss this one. We're not even going to give you a hint. Just come back. We'll be right back because it's time to meet the littles. Hey, everyone. This is Maurice from D.C. And if you know me, you can call me Mo. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network.
They've heard all of the stories I never meant to tell are being played in this special episode by Ronnie O'Brien, and this song is called These Walls. If you like what you hear, you can find him all over the place. You can find him on Facebook, Ronnie O'Brien Music. He's on Instagram, at Ronnie O'Brien Music. Let me spell that for you real quick. It's R-O-N-N-I-E-O-B-R-I-A-N-T Music. And you can also find them on YouTube and Reverberation, and we'll post those links in our show notes. And as always, we'll play the full song, These Walls, at the end of the podcast. If these walls could talk all you loyal littles it's now time to meet the littles and well maybe a little bit maybe we'll call you a medium i don't know but now i know roxy we said we weren't going to do anything flashy for our one year anniversary but we couldn't do that right so so this is what we have littles we'd like to welcome to the podcast direct from the tonight show with jimmy fallon please welcome to the show jared freed hey jared Hello, thank you so much for having me. I, I'll take medium, but I'm definitely a little. <laughs> oh, we know I, you... I'm more little than medium. Yeah. Now, if we're lucky, Roxy, maybe he'll sign one of our four polo shirts we're wearing right now. Yes. We're very excited <laughs> to have you on. Um, now, and I don't know what this says, Jared. I don't know. You went from The Tonight Show with Jimmy freaking Fallon to The Loyal Littles Podcast. With Chuck and Roxy. With Chuck and Roxy. So, I don't know. This is a true honor. <laughs> I can't tell you how much it means to me. This has been a goal for a decade, just like The Tonight Show. Well, trust us. The honor is ours. We're so happy to have you, especially on this one-year anniversary. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. It's a very exciting uh, moment for any podcast, and I'm sure... Both your families are proud after they figure out what a podcast is. Absolutely. They, they sent cards, gifts, they sent everything. Littles, we're going to try to not laugh too much during this so you can hear what he's saying, but he's already had us in stitches a few times. We're so excited. Jared, let's turn, this is what we normally do. We turn it over to you, within reason, and just introduce yourself to all the loyal Littles out there. We'd like to know where you came from, how you got into what you're doing now, where you went to school, all that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh, you guys. It all started when a man and a woman made love. <laughs> Um, so I am from outside of Boston called Needham. That's oh, a yeah. town I know it. Yep. Yeah. You know Needham? Yeah. My dad grew up in Roslindale. Oh, wow. Neighbors. Yeah. So I grew up outside of Boston. I went to Penn State and then Ooh. I studied economics and then moved to New York City with the idea of like, with no idea at all, to <laughs> tell you the truth. And I'll tie in Tony Kornheiser's podcast because... I got out of college and I was like really lost like most people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I got an economics degree. I was part of that generation. I'm 36 that it's like, go to college and it will be okay. Yeah. You know, they tell you that statistic. This many people, like your percentages of being a millionaire if you go to college are this. Remember that statistic? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That made it very binary. And I think the world was more binary then than it is now. You know, you could do a million different things that take you to a million bucks or whatever it is. And so I was kind of like in that generation of like, you take the test, you get a good grade, you will do fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, you know, and I think that that's just like where you are at 22. Like, what do you do? So I'm kind of like freaking out. I'm like, okay, what's the next test to take? And I wasn't smart enough to go to law school. 
So I was like, uh, I guess I'll sell life insurance. I, I was like, that gets me to New York City. That gets me around other people my age who are looking to do stuff. And it's, it gets me around like, you know, women, you know, that are. <laughs> so um, I, I moved to New York. And during that, I was like, you know, you find yourself with just dead time. And I, I love talk radio. So and this was when podcasts were first really starting. So I remember I just searched and I saw this radio show that was like being released as a podcast. And I started listening and getting kind of into that world. So during that, I was selling life insurance and annuities and really just it wasn't I was just kind of sitting there fig, trying to figure out, like, what do I like doing? Yeah. And the best part of my day was writing like a funny email to friends. You know, those group emails it was like the original group chat. Like, yeah. We're, yeah, it'd be like a bunch of your buddies just figure out what they're doing for the weekend. And I just love making fun of my friends over that email. Like we all just make fun of each other. And I was to the point where I was like spending more time writing these emails than I was doing my job. And I was like, well, how do I do that every day? And I was like, I guess that's comedy. And um, I was like, why don't I go to an open mic? You know, why not? And I like stupid comedy. I like talking about dating and and just uh, I like having fun. So I started taking improv and sketch and sketch writing and storytelling classes. I really did everything. I kind of considered it my grad school. And I, at that point, I just really became obsessed with it. I did, was doing three open mics a night, every night of the wow. week. And, you know, my friends were kind of getting married and having families and I was doing the next show mm -hmm. and life kind of moved in that direction. And through that, I, and I love talk radio. I, I, from, I told you like from the beginning, like I was, whenever I had a dead moment, it was podcasts and talk radio. My whole life, I was growing up outside of Boston, WEI, like on the radio all the time. And I was like, I want to start a podcast. So I started mine in 2012 after a couple of years of doing comedy. And for whatever reason, people have trusted the podcast to send their advice questions in. <laughs> so it's mostly dating and relationships, but people write in and we give advice. And I have a comic on every episode to be like the guest. And then that turned into other podcasts. Then I started doing stand up all along the way and trying to build an audience and a kind of a brand, so to speak, and kind of. The Tony Kornheiser podcast was there with me through it all. Yeah. Like there was, ne there was, uh, you know, when I'm going on the subway between open mics at five o'clock in a bar room to the next one that's at six o'clock that I signed up for and I'm paying five bucks to do, I, I needed something to just like not think about what, you know, what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And before we started taping, I told you, I was like, I really like the rational discussion that happens on the show. I like that it's adults speaking who have experienced things and experienced mistakes they've made. And really, and I think that's the power of a podcast is you can hear the thought in someone's voice. Like on a tweet, you just see the statement. You don't see what it took to like write the tweet down and maybe that they were like maybe thinking about it and where they stood and, and, and or what their emotional state was. In a podcast, right. you get all of that. And, and I love sports, don't get me wrong, but I like it's the other stuff. It's the it's the rants. You know, the, it's the rants. <laughs> the it's old the man life rants, stuff. Yeah. And I think this is why, you know, again, like this is the PTI, like 20th anniversary. Like this has been said like all these times, like the respect. Yeah. Also the respect of expertise. Like I think that's like something that's a little bit lost is there's such a thing as an expert saying, you know, my opinion versus your opinion. I guess we agree to disagree. Well, no. Who has the degrees? <laughs> Who has the experience? We don't agree to disagree. I agree that you have brought up a point 
that only slows us down from hearing the real story. You are in the way. So when you get like the Abby Lowell guy come on and explain something yeah. in plain English that is so nuanced and, and difficult and he's telling you this is a difficult case. And like we, we see it with court cases, everyone, you know, this idea and it goes for all sides of the coin. You know, in court cases, they go, how could this person get off? And then you have a guy like Abby Lowell go, well, here's the baseball, the inside baseball. Here's when you try someone at this level and you don't try someone at this level. And this is why people get, you know, and you hear why this happens in plain English, because I'm an idiot. I need someone right. to take something. I'm... And I like that Tony plays the idiot for us a lot of times uh -huh. where it's like, and, and I think that is something that I really growing up and kind of seeing the world in front of me. And when I do stand up, I try to really think of all the angles and all the spots that and you can't cover everything you can't be you can't please everyone but when you have an opinion you go with it you've considered why things happen and not just your emotional state for why you believe they should happen right, right. i'm so glad you brought his name up because roxy didn't know who it was mm -mm. and i think it was probably one of my favorite because i my parents were both cops growing up and i always mm. wanted to be a lawyer now, mm -hmm. go figure, I became a musician instead. Yep. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, we actually paid homage to him when we did our trailer for the podcast. We threw an Abby in there just as a little homage and because he was one of my favorite guests over the years. I mean, there's tons of them and I wish they could come back on, but they haven't been on it forever. But yeah, you're so right. They just lay it out and you know, you know he knows what he's talking about. You can trust the source right. instead of right now, like, uh, he keeps saying that Booger McFarlane, everyone's loving him coming on the show. And I agree. Like, he's just an expert. And it's not emotional. So we see so many point of view pieces on the Internet. Not a lot of factual pieces. Yeah. And it's, sometimes you just want someone who's like, nah, this is how it goes. And I like that about the show. And I try to like emulate that in the podcast that I put together of taking a very understanding and empathetic viewpoint in my standup as well. Okay. Now we need to take a break in a few seconds here, but this is now the second time on this podcast. You sent an email into the big show mm -hmm. without mentioning your podcast. So we're definitely going <laughs> to plug this at the end. No, no, I do. I want to get into it because I didn't know about it. Honestly, I just knew about your stand up. Mm -hmm. I had no idea you had a podcast. I'm very excited. As I already told you, now I have two new subscribers. And Thank you. You're, Please. But I, I want to get into this a little bit. Now, your co-host, how did you meet up and all that stuff? So the UAP podcast is under the Betches brand, B-E-T-C-H-E-S, Betches. And they are a media company that makes, I would say, content that is not exclusively for women, but it's by women. Mm -hmm. And gotcha. it is of a certain generation. And it started by three women who went to Cornell together and they started as a blog and then they moved to Twitter and then they moved to, you know, Instagram, you know, in the way that all of us have bounced around to social media, their company has kind of grown with social media, you know? And there was a point where they were like, we want to start a podcast. And I had had him as guests on mine. And I did the smallest favor in the world. I just sent an email to like get them together with people that could help them. And then, you know, a few years later, they're like, we want to start a new podcast called You Up, where we talk about dating from the male and female point of view. And one of their founders, Jordana Abraham, uh, she's very interested in dating and reads a lot of dating books. And she said, I'm going to be the co-host. And I was like, OK, great. And then her and I kind of just go over modern dating. And we talk about stuff that maybe would be uncomfortable talking about with your parents. 
it's a brave new world because it's the mingling of social media and internet and dating. And there's a lot of things that we hold. We're too hard on ourselves. You know, our parents didn't have Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, email, all these TikTok, all these things that add a new dimension for dating. And then, and that's not even including the dating apps, which, you know, there's a bar in your pocket every minute of the day yeah. with singles. Yep. And there are people right now, they're going, I'm feeling so bad about dating. And it's like, yeah, you're feeling a lot more about dating than your parents did because you're interacting with more people than, in, in a week you could interact with more people than your parents did in their whole lifetime. Yeah. Right, right. So it's a new world of dating. And what Jordana and I do uh, best, we're not experts. We're just two people that are willing to be honest and vulnerable about the subject and also speak to each other. And I think this is back to the TK show where you go in a way like we have uncomfortable conversations comfortably. Like, you know, I say a lot of things, especially mm. from the male point of view, where with dating that could be very icky and hard to hear. Yeah, because. To, yeah, to a lot of women that listen, and we have a mostly female audience, dating is business to them. And to a lot of the men, they're at a, a table doing business sessions with someone who's having fun and playing fun and games. They're not right. taking it as seriously right. as them. So, you know, over the years and realize, you know, again, like just like I said in the beginning, like giving dating advice at 25 that I do differently at 36. And my job is to make something that's hard for people edible and funny you know, and lighthearted. And there's times for that. And there's other times where you got to be serious and take it seriously. But that's what the podcast is all about. It's talking about modern dating in a way that can make you feel good about it, keep you positive about it, but also as a better buyer, you know, and I think that's the one thing that sometimes gets a lot of scrutiny with dating talk is I'm not going to tell someone what to do. I'm going to tell someone what the guy you're dealing with is thinking within 10% because I'm not a hundred percent away from the guy you're dating, but I'm not exactly what he's saying, <laughs> Sure, but I'm pretty damn close. Right. 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 Wow. That's I hope so that's interesting. I hope that's a hook phrase you use. What was that again? We take uncomfortable conversations and make them comfortable or talk about them comfortably. We, uh, we have uncomfortable conversations comfortably. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a great. great. And then the other one, there's a bar in your pocket. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so great. I never thought this of it like a, that. I didn't either. Yeah. That is so true. This is this is not my first rodeo. These lines <laughs> have been said before, and I apologize for that. But as a stand-up, you work on your act and Absolutely. you perfect it. Definitely. And so you're catching me after years of training. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. Well, listen, Jared, you can stick around, right? Please say yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Right. We're going to take a quick break. Littles. Now, who wants to sit here and listen to an anchor ad? You should pause this episode right now. Go over to the You Up podcast and hit, hit subscribe. subscribe. I mean, do it now. I already let's, did it. Let's not wait till after. I mean, come on. Let's do Thank it. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is Sully from Boston. Never revere. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. We are so fortunate to have Jared Freed with us today. We are so excited about that. Littles, I hope you've already subscribed to his podcast. Very fortunate to have him here. Jared, so much more to get into. Now, I don't know. Do you want to just jump? Let's just jump to The Tonight Show. What the hell was that like? Um, it's wild. I mean, I mean, like that is, uh, it is dream come I mean, true, right? I, dream come true. You know, here's the thing. I, I'll be completely honest. I didn't grow up 
watching Letterman Mm -hmm. and Carson and dreaming of the day that they would call me over. And I love being funny for my friends. And that's always the goal has been pretty modest. And it's like, make money being funny. Right. I think a lot of comics don't want to admit to that because it's hard to admit to that there's a money factor to this. I want to be, I want to make a living being a comedian. That's what I want to do. And as you start it, the goals become clear. And there's very few opportunities for a promotion in stand-up comedy. There's very few opportunities for a win. Like you might have a good show. That's yeah. a win. Getting in the comedy store in New York City, that's a win. That's a promotion. And what you're doing along the way of doing comedy is trying to earn credibility. And to me, when I was starting to see that, like, I, when I, when you, I, I believed I could do a late night show, then you start looking at, okay, which one would I want to do? Then you start hating yourself because you're like beggars can't be choosers i'll do any of them and then you start thinking well what do i want out of this i want to make a living doing comedy and and then i i am doing that and then i'm like what would a late night show do for me what would and i'm like all it would really do for me i don't have dreams of doing the the tonight show and then the next day hollywood calling and going hello jared move (laughs) on over like i don't have we've got a movie deal for you (laughs) <laughs> yeah, here, you know, the phones are off the hook. They need you. Get on over to the West Coast. Yeah, I don't have that thought. And you have to be practically delusional. And I'm delusional, but I'm also practical. I, mm-hmm. I try to, you know, I have dreams and I just, what do I do to acquire those dreams? Those, are, those have to be pra- very practical. So Colbert tapes the stand-ups before the show. Oh, and okay. yes. I don't know if they're if they're not doing that anymore, then I apologize. But that is the world that I lived in was that they would do five stand ups at the theater in one day in one day and then fill them in when they needed them. Right. That is not how I want to do a late night show. And Mm -hmm. and listen, again, that's a little delusional. Who am I to even say that? But also (laughs) but also it's practical because then it says I I'm not desperate. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be okay with or without this, but I do want that credibility. I do see peers and people that I know doing stand up, getting these late night sets, and you, you have to kind of fight that beast uh, every now and again. And then I started thinking, I'm like, the Tonight Show's the Tonight Show. It's Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. It's, a, it's New York City. It's 30 Rock. And to me, that was a goal because it would be an amazing thing for not just be with my family, like my, my parents who so supportive. And I mean, there's, I can't imagine what they've gone through. Just people being like, what does he do? (laughs) He does what? (laughs) And I, I can answer that for myself. And my mom and dad have had to do that game for a decade now. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to like give them the, well, here's the link. Right. And there's the Tonight Show. And, yeah. and again, I, I don't know if that sounds like a bad reason, but it really is something that weighed on me. I wanted that. Not at um, all. I think that's I want- very valid. Dude, do you know how many times my mom had to put her t- and say, you know, when they ask, oh, what's he doing? Oh, he's collecting unemployment now again. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> Because we're artists yeah. in between gigs. Totally. You know, I mean, I mean, you get it. I yeah. grew up wanting to be a Rockette. That's all I ever wanted to do. And I had so many people, except my parents, thank goodness, say, you need a backup plan. You need a backup plan. And then go to my parents and say, what is she going to college for? Theater? Like, how is she going to get a job that way? And thank goodness my parents stuck to their guns to support me 
And now I'm living my dream. So, and now these people have their tails between their legs. Like, oh, I guess, you know, we should have had more faith in you. These are the people now that email us. I I had just had a friend email me and be like, oh, your, your, your wife is a rocket. You know, we're coming to see the show. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like, okay. It's like, well, can you get us tickets? Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Exactly. Can we get free tickets? No, uh, right. Unfortunately, it's not that glamorous. So <laughs> totally. we're, it's close, but it's not that. <laughs> totally. And these people that say these things, I don't think they're bad people. Not at I all. Think they're just not made, at all. They're, they're truly, made, genuinely they're all, concerned, yeah. I think. It's concerned. Yeah. And they're also just trying to make conversation. Sure. You know, like no one really cares that much about me and what I do. <laughs> they're just they're just talking to my parents and they, and they have to say something after he's a comedian. Right. You know, so, <laughs> And, and the most normal thing to say is like, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> you know? So the Tonight Show was like a goal of mine. But also, again, I'm making a living doing comedy. That was always the overarching mm-hmm. goal. And then the credibility aspect of just like, once you've done it, you've done it. No one can ask a question of like, well, are you a real comedian? Do you, you know, my cousin <laughs> does open mics. No one could do that to me right. anymore. But I also was patient with it and the way it was going to happen is going to happen. And finally, it's been two years since this process started because I submitted a set and then they accepted the set and then pandemic happens. And oh, th- then they were going to have me in as a fill in before the pandemic. And I couldn't do it because I was like in Tacoma. And then we we're like, OK, they're like, OK, we'll give you a date another time. Then pandemic happens. Ugh. And then we come back from pandemic they're booking other people, yeah. but I have a set that's just sitting there approved. So then Tuesday night at 1230, Wednesday morning, but Tuesday night, mm-hmm. something I also do is I yell at The Bachelor every episode. <laughs> yes. Oh, my. I love this. Oh, Jared. You're gonna okay. Have, so you're, if you go to my. You're going to have to start listening to our podcast. We do Bachelor updates sometimes because Roxy's a big oh, fan. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah. yeah. And Simon. Well, he's a big fan, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Roxy and Simon, you got to go check out my Instagram. Go to my highlights. I yell at every episode. I do a post-game show. <laughs> oh, this is exciting. Oh, I love thinking while I was watching last night. I should be, like, recording my reactions to these, some of these things. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is insane. <laughs> Roxy, you're not far. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm, I love I, that. I mean, so if you go to my Instagram, my story is right now, literally right now. I'll put them in my highlights afterwards. But there's me yelling at last night's episode. Oh, um, that's so funny. But when I get done, and I treat that as like a legitimate job. So when I get done, I kind of like look at my phone. I'm like, I kind of look, I can't keep looking at my phone. I get like mad at myself. Yeah. So then I put down my phone and I get a, te- a text from the manager of the comedy seller who's a good friend being like, hey, pick up your phone. And I look at my phone and it's a 310 number, LA, being, and it's a message being like, hey, the comedian that was supposed to perform on tomorrow's show for the Tonight Show got COVID. Can you do it? Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. And so I call him back. I'm like, yeah. And then I literally get out of bed at 1230 at night and I walk to the comedy cellar and I perform the set that I was like, kind of had to like dust off the set. Yeah. And I really honestly hadn't done the jokes in a long time because like, it was v- very much a late night set. It, it really wasn't making like I didn't really have a spot for it in my act. Mm. So wait, so back up. So you had moments like you said, one day's notice, essentially. So then I wake up on Wednesday and the booker calls me again. He goes, OK, listen, I was able to get them to do a taped music segment tonight. You're going to be Thursday night. 
So I had okay. So you had a, a day, day, two days notice. So two days. Holy shit! And, <laughs> yeah, and I go okay. Well, that buys me more time because I the set didn't go well the night before, and I was like, so then I texted the comedy seller, which is like home to me for stand up and sure. the best club in the world, and they have you know no other club in the world has eight shows on a Thursday night or on a Wednesday night. They do. Mm-hmm. So the, the manager, who's my good friend, she was like, you're cleared for every show tonight. So I did the set eight times. Wow. And over the course of those eight times, figured it out kind of where I wanted to go. Then you have to like write it out, put it through their legal team. Thursday morning, I'm approved, you know, hours before, wow. you know, car picks you up at three. I was probably approved by 11. And I'm just repeating it to myself over and over again because yeah. I know the jokes, but I don't know them in that context, in that order. And, mm-hmm. and that's a sure. kind of like I'm a I'm a ranter myself. I'm a storyteller. I'm, I'm looser than, you know, I'd like to be. I wish I was a little tighter as a comic, but that's you know, we all have our things. Sure. And um, as a looser ranting comic, that's the Tonight Show is not exactly my specialty. Right. It's not your um, set. Right. Not my normal set. Not very comfortable for me. It might be comfortable for maybe a one liner comic. So I have to like repeat it the whole day to get the muscle memory of the transitions that are new. Like the jokes aren't new, but how I get from one joke to the next is new. And just like, you know, as musicians and, you know, dancers, you know, you know, you might know the chorus, but oh my God, I have to like get to the next part. So I was the whole day just kind of repeating it to myself. Plus I had to get an outfit. I had no clothes. (laughs) I have nothing to wear. Um, can, we, Nothing aware. can we go back though real quick? Cause something else I noticed sure. in your act, cause please forgive me. This was the first time I'd actually ever seen you perform That's okay. and you're very visual, your facials yeah. and it's just great. And how, I mean, people, I don't think realize that that has to be re- rehearsed as well. Yeah. You know, totally. those, like, those don't just come out, you know, it's like, yeah, the facial expressions have to fit the punchline. I'm a very animated comic. Uh-huh. I'm a very physical comic. I yep. like to be more physical. Uh, my favorite comics are physical. Like Paul Mooney, he's a comic that he never, he sits down his whole set and he's very physical because he moves his face mm-hmm. and that's part of it. So yeah, you got to like figure it out and you tape sets and you watch them and try to, but, and also I'm like doing it in front of the mirror and that's things I don't generally do because right. that's not how you practice stand up. You practice stand up by doing it, but yeah. I only had that one night. Also the other element of this is Taylor Swift was the guest and it's veterans day. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So Veterans Day, I didn't know, but the Tonight Show does a very special show where the whole audience is vets. Oh wow! And nice. Ann Taylor does it every year. Oh. So it be, it's like a thing for them. Right. So yeah. they're like, this is one of our biggest episodes of the year. Like they know it as the Taylor Swift episode, the Veterans Day episode. Gotcha. Well, that makes your opening make, make sense a lot now. Of sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Gotcha. So I'm coming out, and I love doing shows for veterans because, and I do. I've, I've done shows in Kuwait before for wow. the troops. And it is truly a great experience that lets you kind of into their world in a way that I never would have understood. Yeah. And so I walk out. And so then that's a part of it where it's like, oh, God, Taylor Swift adds, you know, they said that usually Jimmy comes out and takes a picture beforehand with you. But like Jimmy's tending to his tailor like she this is a huge night for him yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he ended up coming out to me afterwards right. and being so nice and so great. And then like Colin Quinn's there. I know, you know, it's weird to say this, but I know Colin. Like I, Colin is at the comedy cellar every night and I've opened for him. So that was like, it's weird that like, you know, Colin Quinn's a celebrity to me and someone I watched growing up, but also 
it was nice to have someone who's a friendly, right. you know, a fr- yeah, you know com- made it more comfortable. Sure. <laughs> made it more comfortable. And yeah. then Chris Rock was there because he popped in during Collins set and wow. Chris Rock's in the dressing are room you, next no, wait, to are, me. Are you burying a lead here? Come on. Chris freaking Rock's I'm there. Ta- Come on. Chris Rock's there and I've seen Chris Rock at the cellar, but he doesn't know me. And he looks yeah. over at me and he's like, he's like, you doing stand up at the end. I was like, yeah. He goes first time. I was like, yeah. He goes, how old are you? And I'm like 36. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then he's like, you know, he's, he's joking around with me too. Like he understands. Yeah. He was what there. That is. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. So, Oh, that's really it, great. And then, and it's really great. And it's like, it, it was such a, the response from people who follow me and like, I found it important to write into the, Tony Kornheiser show because that podcast has been holding my hand through the whole thing. So I do feel a certain amount of like, I feel thankful for it, you know, and then later that night you get it done and I get it done and I'm like, okay, I I feel like I stuck the landing. I felt like it went okay. The booker texts me. He's like, you crushed it. And that was all I really needed to hear to know, like, okay, this was a good set. And then I went and, you know, my friend, I'm friendly with um, Michelle Wolf. I, I opened for her a lot and she's a good friend. And uh, she was doing town hall in New York City that night. And I went and opened for her in my suit from The Tonight Show. And, you know, you go do a theater, you're opening for your friend who's super famous and doing so well and people love her. And then they're like, it was my first moment of someone being like, you know, the host who was doing our friend Saifa who hosted the show, he's like, the next guy did the tonight show is going to be on the tonight show tonight. And you see people perk up and you're like, Oh wow, this matters. Yeah. You know, like, absolutely. You know, yeah. this is kind of cool. Yeah. And you know, I have an audience of people that follow me and have followed me for years and years. And to see that they had the same thing with me that I have with the Tony Kornheiser show, mm. like with the podcast, like they had the same relationship I have with this. It, it felt good. It was yeah. like, Oh, okay. I, I, I did something right. Yeah. So it's been nothing but tears and happiness and fun. Tied in a little more because you were telling us this story off air. We have to come back to your set though because the whole mm-hmm. landed. Yeah, that, oh my that's God. that's special with Roxy and I. That's special with Roxy and I. That was brilliant, absolutely fucking brilliant. And Thank you. all right, so let's. Um, but real quick, because uh, you were telling us a Gary story, and we were talking to you how we were so fortunate to get to interview and meet Gary on our podcast, and you were telling a story about him. So I went on the Kornheiser show before the pandemic, March before the pandemic, because I was opening for Michelle and I messaged Nigel and he was like, come on. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the biggest." Like to me, that was that was that show. Yeah, that was it. That, you know, that was like the biggest. And so I went and did Tony's show and then it was amazing. And then I met Gary and like I as I told you guys before, Everyone on that show is a celebrity to me, like mm-hmm. not just Tony, but like Gary. And I'm like, like I, there's comics that I know in the city, like Seton Smith and James Madden. Like we talk about the Tony Kornheiser show all the time. And I'm like, you know, I'm texting them being like, I'm, I'm eating Super G, you know, like I'm like. <laughs> and so and my brother listens and stuff. So yeah. I went on and I I thought it went OK. I, I you know, I, I was more in shock than anything else. I And also I want to make sure that I don't run over anybody, you know, like and mm-hmm. I'm I'm someone who can't shut up in their own life. So that was like I, I just we appreciate I was just it. My we, best. Ju- we haven't had to say anything. this has been great. Yeah. So <laughs> the less Chuck I, talks, I, the fans <laughs> like better, I think. So this is great. Well, <laughs> OK, good. I, I am someone. But I host my own shows, so I'm so used to, like, steering the ship. So I I was Mm -hmm. very trying my best to just get in when I could, be funny when I could, and then back off. And I meet Michael, and I meet, and I see Mark, and I see Gary and Tony, and it was such an awesome time. And then we all exchanged numbers, and I basically told them, like, I'm going to be, because I was going to be back in in D.C. in June, 
before the pandemic happened. And I was like, I would love to have everyone here at the show. Like, what, what an amazing thing. So I gave out my number. And then the pandemic happens, and I get a call from Gary Braun. And I'm like, what the f- what is this? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. And I'm like, what? And it's like the middle of a day on a Tuesday. And I think we all just like, you know, during the pandemic, I think everyone was doing just finding odd hours that they had free. And I call him, and Gary's so funny. Like, he's oh, just yeah. so, so, he's all punchlines. Like, he's so funny. And he called me, and I'll never forget it. He goes, hey, man, um, I need some money. And I was like, <laughs> And that's how he starts the conversation. It's so funny because he know you know he knows the temperature of the room right. better than most people. And then he, I laugh, and then he said the the nicest thing. He was just like, I just want to let you know, I like didn't know who you were when you did the show, and I went and listened to your podcast. And I gotta say, I love your perspective, where you come from. It's so funny. And he's just giving. He called to give me a compliment, and it's like. Oh my God. And especially during that part of the year, I'm, you guys know, you know, you're out of work. You don't, what's the world going to be? Will people go to live shows again? Mm -hmm. And to get a call and I'm like doing this podcast to kind of keep, you know, I I was lucky to have a podcast in place. (laughs) And uh, when he called, it was like, it's really, I'll never forget that. It was really the nicest thing anyone has to not know me at all. Like we, and now we've become friends and, you know, he came to my show in Baltimore and brought his wife and his friends and, just, you know, it shows you kind of the, we all don't think we can make, improve someone's day just with a very small thing, but that certainly did for me. Yeah. Wow. That's so great to hear. I mean, I have to ask, is there a joke or story that you tell in your comedy act that it is just kind of like your favorite thing to tell? Recently, it's, I love talking about my family. I, I really do because people connect so much with it. And I like talking about just being a fly on the wall. My mom is a character. Like she's just one of those moms. And I do believe everyone has someone like that in their uh-huh. family that everyone kind of watches. And I, cause I, during the pandemic, I spent a lot of time with my parents in Boca and like, I don't even know if I sound like I'm lifting Seinfeld episodes. Like it really is like, wild. And like the interactions we have and like, you know, the comfort level you have with family where they can just say things to you that you can't even understand. Like I, I mean, the story, the, the joke I told in the Tonight Show about, like, you're wearing all black. Like, that's a true, that happened. <laughs> you know, like. That was so good. You know, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a true story. And, like, just talking about my family has just been, like, it, it's fun to do. And yeah. it's fun to see people go, that's my mom. You know, yeah. I, oh, my God, I oh, know yeah. your mom. You know, well, that's kind of cool. It's so relatable. Like, watching the Tonight Show. Oh, it was so relatable. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially the landed. That. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, Littles, we're going long and we don't care. It's our one year anniversary. Um, yeah, this is it. This, but, let's party. <laughs> let's party. Uh, but, you know, Jared, we had said before you came on, we pride ourselves with the fun, dumb questions. And uh, we're going to, we have to ask you a few just to officially say this is a loyal Littles podcast and we did our duty. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would it be? Um, cartoon character. Yeah. I think it would be Roadrunner. Oh. Is that a. Is that, yeah, you're gonna yeah. run around and be fast, and also kind of like hijinks ensue. Like yeah. Roadrunner is like an underrated character on Looney Tunes, just because the Roadrunner is messing with the coyote. Oh yeah, you always get the best of them, sure. Like a prankster in a way that's a. So I enjoy the Roadrunner. I think that would be. It. I love that. All right, Star Wars or Star Trek? This one came up recently. Uh, Star Wars, but I wish I like Star. 
I like Star Wars. I like the whole world they're creating. Um, I wish Star Trek had a more consistent world building that they would do. But later in life with the movies, I really enjoyed like the new Star Wars and the new Star Treks. And I try to get into them. And I got super into Marvel. I like love all the Marvel. Ah, stuff. gotcha. So gotcha. I love that the Marvel stuff builds onto itself, and I, I've become very into that world. Nice. All right, you got one more quick. Yeah, if you could shop for free at one store, which one would you choose? Probably this. I've become obsessed with hats. Uh huh. Oh. And I, I keep buying these hats. You know, you get those Instagram ads, and yep. I'm such a <laughs> sucker. <laughs> and I've gotten into this. I mean, this sounds so bad. I've gotten into this Australian hat company. Okay. And I order probably one hat a month from them, and it's called Culture Kings. But they have great hats that I kind of switch through. And some of them are like old World Series hats that they've redone. And some of them are like, I, my, no, I, I've been getting like new Dolphins hats and stuff like that. Great. I love that. That's fantastic. And just because it's been a, a major topic, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Ooh, crunchy. All right. That's a good Yeah, 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 yeah. Crunchy is, is, I mean, if anyone says other than crunchy, they've been raised wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, man. (laughs) Roxy's more of a smooth girl. uh, I'm I'm sorry, Roxy. It's fine. I'm a big crunchy. So listen. No offense to your parents. (laughs) Oh, no, none taken. (laughs) Jared, we can't thank you enough for the time. This has been amazing. Now, Plug everything. Where where can we find now? Roxy and I are in New York City, so we're gonna yeah. have to meet you oh, soon. Yeah, yeah. We're, Please, we're, I would lo- I would love to get together. We should that would be amazing. That. Well, more importantly, we're just gonna come to your next gig if we can. I mean, we have shows too. But, oh, um, so plug everything. How can we find you? I'm sure you're on Twitter, Instagram. Well, you mentioned Instagram, all that stuff. So I I would like to plug a couple things. Absolutely, if that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So the U Up podcast is the podcast that I spoke about earlier. Uh, with uncomfortable conversations had comfortably. Mm-hmm. My Instagram, if you like The Bachelor, you should follow me right now. I mean, right now on my Instagram highlights, you can watch every episode of The Bachelor and Bachelorette from the last like four seasons. And then I am doing a live You Up show. Ooh. And this is different from my stand up. I do stand up every night in the city. You can just, if you go to the Comedy Sellers website, I'm on their schedule all the time. But, um, if you the live you up show is going to be a town hall and it's December 8th and it is an event. You don't have to be in a relationship. You can be single in a relationship, married. You will have a fun time. We bring people on stage. We give dating app makeovers. We do this thing called deal reveal where we translate people's texts with guys and girls that they're dating at the time. Um, we do this thing where we play red flag deal breaker and we give out paddles and you can raise whether it's, you know, you're dating someone and this one thing happens. It is a truly interactive, fun, hilarious show that we put on and I'm proud of it. And I, I think there's tickets left. So I would love for people to come. All right. Well, Jared, sad to say it's, we have to get out of here at some point. So uh, thank you again for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. I know the Littles are really going to appreciate this. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Mine is uh, whatever the laziest way possible. <laughs> what does that even mean? What is so, so are you Will Bonnie like the question? Come on now. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that means there's no toilet paper on the rack. It's like on the sink right, right now, <laughs> waiting to be put on, you know? So it's neither. Okay. Neither. <laughs> I love it. We gotcha. All right. Well, Jared, thank you so much again. We really appreciate it. And it's it's great to have you as part of our one year anniversary special. We really appreciate it. 
Of course. Thank you guys so much. This is such a pleasure. I really do appreciate you having me. Everyone, go subscribe to his podcast. Watch him on Instagram. Roxy can't wait. I can't Roxy's wait. practically already got her phone in her hand. Yep. So, <laughs> all right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Wayne Hickenbottom in Austin, Texas, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And Jared, unbelievable. I know we say this all the time, but Roxy, I did want to react real quick to a couple things in that interview, Mm -hmm. especially if you're an artist. I think this is for everybody in life in general, Mm -hmm. but one of the biggest things as artists that I took away from that was be ready. Yeah. You never know when that call is going to come in. Yep. He, I think he said it came in at Tuesday night. So Wednesday morning at 1230 in the morning from the West coast. So obviously it's early or something like that. And they basically said, can you do the Tonight Show tomorrow? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, what? And I think he explained it very well. But the Tonight, when you're doing live TV, there's a certain amount of time. These stand-up comedians, especially, they do these 10-minute acts. And when you then have to cut your act down that you've been rehearsed and doing forever, it's a totally different act. Yeah. So it's like, I guess, the equivalent of you taking a five-minute dance and they say, oh, we want 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. And then all of a sudden, on the whim, you have to do it. So my point is, be ready. You never know. And same thing for me. Like, if I get called for a Broadway show or something like that to drum, it's like, you have to be ready. Yep. You can't miss that opportunity. So that was amazing. The other thing is, Jared, I hope you're listening to this. I'm going to throw this out. I don't even need the credit for the idea, but I think I'm on to something. Littles, if you have not gone to his Instagram yet, do it now. Pause this. Do it now. Come back to me. Okay. You're back? Great. I'm sorry because that Bachelor thing, is it Bachelorette or Bachelor? Whatever. It's both. It's, well, it's it both. But right both. now it's Bachelorette, it's, right? Right now it's okay, Bachelorette. Okay. It's Bachelorette. I almost want to swear. I'm just going to go effing hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Effing hilarious. To the point. We all know where I land on The Bachelorette. I stand aside when Simon and Roxy go into The Bachelor. I just, I go get a cup of coffee because I have no, I would actually watch this. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not just doing this because he was our guest. I swear to you. It's freaking hilarious. Uh-huh. Okay. So I think I'm onto something. You need to call ABC or whoever. Okay. This, he should do a live viewing like the Manning brothers do Monday Night Football or Sunday yeah, Night, whatever they do. Funny. I think it's, yeah, it's Monday yeah. Night Football. If he could do a live taping of him watching The Bachelorette uh-huh. while it's happening yeah. on a different channel like ABC Family right. or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because to go with it, I mean, they're not going to give him the rights. You know, ABC, yeah. it's ABC, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You could turn this into a Manning Brothers type of situation <laughs> where comedians, <laughs> I think he should lead. He's hilarious. Uh-huh. Go to Instagram, follow that. I'm actually now feel like I'm sort of watching The Bachelor. Yeah, it's really great. Him. It's and great. And he's he's saying everything that everyone else is thinking. Absolutely, like, we are all thinking it. And, and I don't even know he's these people. Saying it. It's so great. And you don't even have to know who's in it to yeah. enjoy this. Yeah, because he's just like yelling at these random people, <laughs> like, "What are you doing? Why are you wearing that?" You know, <laughs> you know, it's just like because I'll walk in sometimes with Roxy's watching it, and I'll just roll my eyes. Yeah, that's kind of what he's doing basically. Yeah. but he's verbalizing it and putting it on Instagram. Yeah. It's so great. So great. Thank you again, Jared. We really appreciate you coming on, and best of luck to you. I can't wait to see him at the comedy yeah, Center. We've already fun. been looking up shows when we can hopefully get down there to catch his act. Yeah. If you're in the city. He's also goes on tour sometimes. Uh-huh. Check him out. Yeah. All right, guys. Are we ready? Here we go. A one, two, three, four.
Friday five, 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 Friday five. That was amazing. We tried, uh, Littles. You, th- you, you thought the, the monkey song, you thought the monkey song was bad? Well, oh, we, we, we just outdid the monkey. We just did the outdid the uh, Reginald song. All right, so let's get to the Friday Five here. Now, we're running really low on time, so what we're going to do is we're all going to do one of these, and these are from Mike Mackler, I believe? Yes. All right, Roxy, what's the first one? Michael Ray Wilbon's birthday is today. Using 10 words or less while keeping it civil, tell us your feelings on Wilbon. Now, we're going to let Roxy do this one, which was a surprise to me, but she can keep it civil. I'm not sure the rest of us could, so there you go. (laughs) Roxy, go. I mean, I've got hyphenating king, hyphenating <laughs> fiend, hyphenating frenzy. Yeah, it's no big secret that Roxy... He likes to hyphenate. On what's the word? On, on what's the one word, and he cheats by adding a hyphen. <laughs> this might be a grind your gear segment, but that was civil. I think that was sure, civil. Sure, sure. <laughs> all right, Roxy, what's number two? Okay, number two, Larry King's birthday was today. Now, this is all referring to Friday. Yeah, Friday. What celebrity death this year has hit you the hardest? Yeah, first of all, happy birthday shout-out to Mike Mackler. Thanks for the questions. And I will say that the celebrity birthday that hit me the hardest happened early in the year. Hank Aaron, who I obviously admired and loved as a player and got to know him professionally and maybe grew to admire and respect him even more. And it was great that the Braves won the World Series with his number 44 kind of in the outfield grass during the World Series. That was really wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good that's one. That's cool. Yep. All right, number three, Roxy, what do we got? Number three, this is Jodie Foster. She once came to my parents' store and an employee refused to accept a check from her. What's your most embarrassing retail story, either as an employee, owner, or customer? I think Chuck has this one. Yeah. Tiny Chuck. Chuck, you must have a ton of these. (laughs) Chuck used to sell suits. Nice. Tiny Chuck used to sell suits. This is actually nice. Yes, this is a suit story, so I'll keep it short. you got to visualize this, but... So I uh, sold men's tailored clothing. We had a gentleman come in that had lost some significant weight, and he wanted to get his trousers taken in at the waist. And so the tailor comes out, the gentleman comes out with his tailored clothes, and you go into a three-way mirror, which is inside the store where everybody is. (laughs) I heard three-way. I got scared. (laughs) This guy has his pants on, and... We're talking about like four four inches waist size change here. So he he thinks the tailor has a hold of his trousers and he lets go and his pants fall down to his ankles. No. And inside <laughs> the store, the store is fairly crowded. Okay, so he's obviously panicked and he bends down to pick up his trousers and his underwear rips. No. The, <laughs> so now he drops his pants. Stands back up and he's got his hand trying to cover up the back of his, and he doesn't know what to do. So he basically, with his pants around his ankles, waddles back to the dressing room to figure out. His, and at this point, my tailor is on the floor dying laughing. Okay, and so she's made the situation oh, it's very she? uncomfortable for everybody. Oh my gosh! Okay, you, you left that oh, part yeah, out. I thought. She. Not to mention everybody in the store is already looking at this guy while he's at the mirror. Oh my gosh. And it was I felt bad for him, but 
I was very embarrassed for everybody involved. So oh, that's my right. embarrassing moments. That's a good one. All right, Roxy, what's yeah. number four? Uh, number four, Bob Boone, was, it was his birthday, uh, was born on this day in 1947. Are there any professions that run in your family? All right, I'm going to do this one because it's kind of special because it just happened. Yeah. Just happened. I've mentioned many times on the show that my parents were both cops. Mm-hmm. They were state police for mm-hmm. New York State. They were local police for our town and stuff like that. And my nephew, my second oldest sister's third son. Yep just graduated and this is kind of cool for Roxy because it's in Connecticut he yeah. now lives in Connecticut he is now a Connecticut policeman yeah so he was the one wow. that followed in the footsteps of my his grandparents really cool yeah really hey, cool. congratulations and yep. thank you to him and your parents for their service yeah. yeah yep absolutely all right last one Roxy Simon this is for you last one since it was Mike Mackler's birthday what's your favorite birthday memory oh god keep uh, it clean Simon really have... <laughs> oh yeah okay I don't really have a memory. It's a fake memory. It's like apparently on my first birthday party, I uh, threw the cake on the floor. <laughs> I hate birthdays. <laughs> I like birthdays now, but I, I feel like I feel like it's my favorite birthday memory. One I don't even remember. There you go. Do Brits really? I think that's a tradition. You should continue. <laughs> yeah, right. I do every year. Every year. All right. I'm surprised Brits eat cake. I'm just saying. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, wouldn't it be like a crumpet? <laughs> no, with it's tea? a sponge. Or a sponge? Yeah. What is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyway, sponge. Oh, yeah, it's a good sponge. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, you three, we can't appreciate this more. I we know. We're, this meant so much to us having all five of us together for the first time ever. Yeah. On our one year anniversary wow. episode, we know you guys jumped through major hoops. Simon, I know you're still running around as we speak. That's why the audio is a little tricky. He's not in his closet. No, he's for, out. He got out of his closet for our <laughs> one year anniversary. And guys, could not have done this without you. We so appreciate you. We love you. And uh, thank you. Here's to hopefully another year yeah. of the Loyal Littles podcast. That's a great wish. Yay. Thanks. Let's do this again in person. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully yeah. soon. Absolutely. Next November. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. All right, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at WTFCPodNet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. And as always, don't forget to run over to Apple and iTunes and give us a nice rate and review over there. We really appreciate those. And they do help. They really do. Do it. So do it now. And remember, as always... Even a year later, unbelievable, if you're out shopping online tonight to use the bloody... Is there like a special Black Friday code? It all started when a man and a woman made love.
podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.